Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Aaron Battle. Um, I'm going to begin today's episode with a little bit of Sunday school. So I've pulled Proverb 16 from the Bible, and I'm going to say it in Spanish because it's quite a common saying here in Mexico. El hombre propone y Dios dispone. Now, it even rhymes, so you can see why it's, it's become colloquial language. Um, now, I've never liked this saying, you know, in the process of learning Spanish. It's always, it's always jarred me whenever I, I hear it. And the, the reason for that um, should be apparent when I read um, its English translation. Okay, so this is from the, the New King James Version, the Bible. To humans belong the plans of the heart. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Maybe not so apparent. Okay, another translation. The New Living Translation, um, also in English. We make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. So uh, we begin to see a contrast between human intent and this uh, divine assessment. So um, the Lord seems to always know what's going to happen, uh, always has the right answer. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter exactly what the, the individual wants. So, I mean, the reason why I never liked this saying is because um, I take it, I mean, learning Spanish, you take words literally. So I always felt that it removes the control from one person, it removes the, the free will. So the ability to choose um, one's actions, um, to remain in control, um, actually making the choices, uh, in this case, if you start to be, believe in this saying, then, uh, then, then you leave the responsibility uh, away from oneself. So you start to believe that everything's going to fall into place because of fate or some kind of divine will. Um, now, I find that powerless, um, a little ignorant, uh, and I mean, as you can see in the episode, it might even encourage negligence um, on, on my part perhaps um, but you know I like to think that maybe that there's there's no such thing as uh, as mistakes it really depends on the way you want to memorize what happened that the fact is there's no coincidences I like to think everything happens for a reason as much as I like to have my own control and activate free will um, I also believe that, you know, everything, everything does have a place and there is a, a big plan and that everything does happen for a reason. And it's important that we choose to believe that uh, the best possible world outcome is right now. I mean, that's just, that's just me being positive. So um, in this episode, we, uh, we talk about the... Um, little culture, Australia, Mexico, US. Uh, I cover what's happening with the visa. Um, we recently got back from a trip to New York where I was able to visit family. So that, that was nice. Um, we also, I got to change my mindset a little bit. I met some new people, made some new friends, um, found that the necessity for something is the, is the best motivation. So if you want to get motivated, make it a necessity. And, uh, and then Kurt brings in that the, uh, the power of self-knowledge uh, could prevent a lot of heartache and assist in uh, maximizing that free will of yours. Uh, and then in the second half, we jump into some real deep stuff. We hit some topics of uh, globalization, um, but not so much on the, on the business commercial side, but globalization on what it's, what it's all about to be a human being. Um, so cultural integration, um, you know, the border situation, state borders, don't know what that's all about. You mentioned passports, a few human issues, 
and uh, basically summarize with um, as long as there's good food wherever you are, then uh, things are all good. So, um, cheers to that one person that keeps donating on a regular basis. If only you can get a few more of you guys, the Paradise Paradox would be two stories, not one. Um, thanks to those that are buying t-shirts. Hopefully we can get a few more designs up shortly. Um, but for the meantime, the, uh, the classic favorites, real money, Bitcoin, silver, gold, um, advertise to your friends, smart money, real money, the good money. Um, and if you're into aliens, I want disclosure, Chitsunitsa, alien coming down, uh, shooting that energy beam. That's, um, that's a cool shirt in the tie-dye design. So um, enjoy. Um, that's about it. Let's get into it. go again all right <laughs> how's so, it going yeah. um uh and all good here but um how's uh, how's guadalajara because i really miss that place okay guadalajara is fine uh everything's peaceful um the other day i went to Mer- mercado corona for the first time since it's been rebuilt and uh you know they uh, there's like this this conspiracy theory about the the market because uh, what happened was the uh, a mayor or some politician was was pushing really hard saying let's let's demolish um, the the market and put something nicer up in its place because it's old or whatever uh, and uh, everybody was was saying no no or you know all the people who had their little stalls there or whatever they're all, all saying no we don't want that everything's fine go away. Um, and then yeah. out of, you know, by, by pure coincidence, uh, the market just happened to burn down uh, a couple of months later. So, of course, everybody points to this politician and says, we know what you did. And people even protest in the streets saying, we want this, uh, we want a proper inquiry about it. And I, I saw the protesting and I'm like, these people are awful naive. Like if, <laughs> if, like, why do you think there wasn't a proper inquiry? Uh, <laughs> if it, you know, if it wasn't, if there wasn't a proper inquiry um, out of out of malice, then it's not like you're going to get one now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, and, and it's it is kind of silly because everyone knows, and and I, I don't just say you know people think this happened. No, it pretty much everyone knows exactly what happens because that's what happens in Mexico. That's how mm-hmm. business is taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, who, yeah, who knows? So, cause I mean, it's, you know, you're not going to find conclusive evidence of it either way. Cause if they've, no. uh, you know, they brushed it all. On. <laughs> if they did do it, they brushed it all away. And, and you know, that's that. So <laughs> anyway, well, I, if, I thought, if they can't, yep. if they can't yep. figure out nine eleven, how are they going to figure out Mercado <laughs> Corona? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Got to turn down my volume a bit. Yeah. So okay. Um, then uh, yeah, I, I thought what they were going to do. I mean, I saw them reconstructing it for for months, like maybe a year even possibly. Uh, and I thought they were going to rebuild some some fancy shopping center or something. But no, they actually they they built a market there. Um, pretty, I suppose, pretty similar to to what was there previously. Um, and so you have all the stalls and uh, florists and, and uh, taco stands and, and people selling clothes and all this stuff, people selling tarot cards and, and uh, incense and clairvoyant services and everything like that, which, witching, <laughs> a little professional yeah, witching. Yeah. Brujos. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what, I, what I thought was interesting about it was I, I never saw it open. But I mean, mm. you know, it's right in the middle of town, so you walk past it whenever you're heading yep. in. Um, yep. It seemed like the stalls are a lot smaller. 
I think there was mm. complaints that the, the, the stall size was pretty tiny. Ah, okay. Well, some of them look like, like just like closets. And you're yeah. like, what the hell? What kind of business are you going to run in there? Like just one person sitting there with one, uh, one, one big um, bottle of, of agua fresca that they can serve <laughs> out to people. And there's not enough room for two bottles. So, <laughs> yeah, I, so do you I, want horchata no or do you want to walk away? Because those are your options. <laughs> um, yeah, so. And that's exactly <laughs> how they'll sell it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah but you know it's it it seems all right but it's it's kind of weird because uh, i mean i i never walked into there but before it got burnt down i only walked into the version which was mercado corona on the street like all these displaced stalls uh moving out into the into the streets around there in the blocks surrounding it uh and yeah. it's like total chaos uh, and now you walk in there and it's all clean and nice. It's a like looks like a hospital or something. And, and I thought there's something not quite right about this. Like, where is the chaos? <laughs> that doesn't um, sound like a market at all. Yeah. See, the, what I I mean a weird thing that it's kind of a mismatch a mismatch between like first world and in Mexico mm. is you'd think if the if a plaza in in Australia burnt down, the shops would be closed. For you know the time that it takes to rebuild it, right. but in Mexico, these people—that's that's their survival bread and butter. So mm-hmm. they just take all their merchandise and put a tent on the street and yep. continue business. There's no there's no downtime. Yep. So yep. you know, at least the um, at least the the government has taken care of that. Block two streets off and and put up a big, you know, semi structured tent. I mean, it was. It was well. Mm. I mean, it was well done for for Mexico. It wasn't just um, like a, a tianguis, which is like mm. a street market. Like it was, it was, um, it was stronger, I guess, than just a <laughs> than just a, a tarp hanging from one side of the street to the yeah, other. Yeah, it's semi permanent, and they had little uh, little walkways so you could even go up there in the wheelchair or whatever. Uh, yeah, but this yeah. is like you know the thing is in in Australia, I guess you. You couldn't really do that because if you if something happened like that and you just went out into the street and started selling, um, everybody would would say, "What are you doing? You know, this is a street. Uh, we're trying to walk here or trying to drive here or whatever." Um, yeah, and, and people would shut you down. But here, they're, they're like, "Well, of course, we're going to move into the street, and everybody, all of the other stalls are going to do it with us." So, you, I mean, maybe you can stop one of us, but you can't stop us all. Uh, yep. And what do you expect us to do anyway? <laughs> um, yeah, and, but I mean, and it's not even that everyone does it. It's no one, no one really questions it. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. They, they had a shop and now they don't. So what do you expect them to do? It's kind yeah. of a collective understanding. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I ask because I, I, really, I really miss the market experience. Um, mm-hmm. If uh, I'll give a quick catch up for those that haven't listened to the previous episode um my wife joanna still doesn't have her visa and um we're at the airport i've got all my bags are about to do the the jump to let's just get the tickets and turn up and see what happens which is a really <laughs> stupid thing to do i mean that that's as interesting as jumping on a boat and going i'm going to sail to a new country and expect them to take me in right <laughs> kind of uh, uh, so i thought yeah. okay you know it doesn't Essentially the same thing, and I thought we okay. I, I'll do that because you know I want I want to see what happens, and um, the tickets weren't even weren't even printed out because the electronic visa apparently there's the systems are connected, and uh, the person behind the counter well, system doesn't work. Computer says no kind of attitude. Anyway, so I'm at the airport, with my luggage, and I thought I don't want to go back home. Everything's all packed up. I've got to keep keep the energy moving forward. So we just bought tickets on the spot to New York and we went up there to visit my sister. They let you do um, that? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I didn't buy them at the counter. I went to a coffee shop and then checked out all the sites to get a good price. <laughs> um, because, okay. yeah, I mean, the, the, the price difference was four times as easy, four times as much to buy yep. at the counter with the same airline. Um, what I did in my tickets... Literally, I already missed the flight. This is, this is cool. This is interesting. I already missed my flight 
by possibly an hour or so because they're, they're mucking around and trying to work out what we do next. And um, they still let me cancel my ticket um, an hour afterwards and have it mm. on hold with no date um, there. So it's like it's an empty ticket between Mexico City and Sydney and mm. I can just pay the change ticket price later to reactivate it whenever I want as long as it's in the same like boarding class. Yeah. So that I think that was pretty good of them. I mean, it's better than losing the whole ticket. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then we went and grabbed, grabbed the coffee and I checked out a few sites, Cheaperware and Expedia, um, to look for a cheap flight to, to New York. And uh, literally that, that night, we were flying to New York. Um, so I spent, we spent three weeks up there and I really missed Mexico, <laughs> which, I mean, I think says a lot because I grew up in Australia. Um, I can't, I'm kind of used to that type of life. And, you know, I, I was like, I was hanging to get back to Mexico. I was like, you know, I'm happy that I didn't, I didn't make it to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my friend Zoe told me of, a few weeks ago, she went for a trip to, to Australia, um, to, to, um, uh, on a student exchange, I think. And, and, uh, she was there for about three months and, uh, she, she's from here, from Guadalajara. And, uh, she said, when I left, I didn't want to come. I, I really didn't want to leave. I really didn't want to come back to Mexico. I cried so hard <laughs> thinking, you know, how good is the life is in Australia. <laughs> Australia is um, good. I mean, yeah. I can't. I can't say Australia is not not a good life. I mean, I never complained when I was there. Sure. Um, but I mean, leaving. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the the US. Because um, mm. I mentioned to you, like living in Mexico, you're hungry, and uh, you feel like you want to go. You, you feel like a snack. Yeah. You just grab an avocado, split it, add some tomato, a little salt, um, and and then and then throw it on a, a taco, and you're all yeah. good. You, you, you've just you're eating. You're not hungry anymore, and you can completely... yeah, go to a, a fresh foods, a fresh fruit stand, and slice up some mango and so, and some watermelon and jicama, whatever. Yeah, it's like the the natural options for eating are just always available. And mm. I mean, the US, it's it started to snow outside, and I'm thinking I need a snack. I'm going through my sister's cupboards, and I find like these muesli bars, and I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, it's muesli. This would do for now. It um, looks like muesli. I don't know what I, I mean. That's the thing. I don't know what it is. It's in a colorful packet, and it's uh, you know, it's it's tasty. It tastes like <laughs> sugar. So you know, my, my brain's saying this is this is good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that I missed. I mean, um, the the guys that were here with me before we started recording, they've gone down for for like a fresh chicken soup at, at the bottom of the street yep. here and so I, I couldn't do that when i was in the u.s even if i even if i looked for it that would have been a mission hmm. you get, okay you can't buy chicken soup in new york city or in or in jersey city um well nothing that that i could trust didn't come from a can <laughs> okay yeah hmm so yeah, I, I, missed, I guess yeah, I miss the food. Yep, yep. That that was, that was a big thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, I just miss everything being so close. I mean, like you could leave your place, and within your block, you could pretty much get whatever you want done. To to getting a new pair of tires put on your car, <laughs> to uh, to buying some weed across the road in the park. Um, to, I don't to uh, to getting to getting beers literally at the bottom of your stairs, like. Yep. I don't know what, what what have I missed? I've covered all grounds, <laughs> and of course, food um, <laughs> within a block or two, pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, um, but at my sister's as house long as tonight, it's Mexican. Well, you know, I can I can walk a little. Uh, I can walk about eight blocks and get some Argentinian empanadas or something. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a luxury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that uh, I would have to get in the in in my car and drive at least eight minutes. To mm. um to get McDonald's or Burger King or Five Guys, <laughs> right? Um, it's like it's just different different way to live. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the the luxury we have in Mexico. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. So, yes. Sounds weird. It's funny. So uh, let's see. You were saying about about the visa situation. You th- you think there was some divine providence entering into the picture there? Well, I I mean that's the way I look at it. But I mean, you told me <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, I, I uh, said to you. I think I think you're being delusional i think what actually happened was you didn't arrange it and joanna didn't arrange it and you were both negligent and <laughs> and that's why you're not in australia right now <laughs> yeah i guess the the motivation to to complete those tasks when they're required to be completed just just wasn't there yeah um otherwise it should have been done months ago <laughs> really i mean not not one month before you're flying out yes um so Okay, maybe I was a little slack, um, which I did mention I should have been a little more hands-on with the whole yeah. process. Um, but, but anyway, the, uh, yeah, the, this divine um, empowerment that, that I've been given is like to see the world clearly all of a sudden, I'm going, I'm going mm. to embrace because mm-hmm. well, it's, it's there. Yeah, it, well, you know, you, you, that, that happened, whatever, so you may as well make the best of it. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this happened uh, literally five minutes before we, we started chatting. I'm on, I'm on Facebook and I saw a, a little video of an interview um, with Antonio Banderas talking about, you know, like um, his experience in Hollywood and how pretty much, you know, you can, he, through his, he learned a lot in Hollywood and he was able to, to see that you can pretty much, anyone can achieve whatever they want if they put their, they put their mind to it. And their energy to it. How's that? How's that dog barking out there? Is that coming through? <laughs> yes. Is that uh, a- it's 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 definitely there. <laughs> Is it going to be a problem? Uh, because I can, I can go and kill it if you want. <laughs> I'm sick of that thing. <laughs> uh, I think it's the neighbours. They probably wouldn't appreciate it. Probably not. Anyway, hopefully he heard me, so he's going to shut up. Um, <laughs> So I'm listening to this interview with Antonio Banderas and he's, he's talking about how you know, any, anyone can empower themselves to get anything done when they, when they want to. If, that's their, like, if, they, if they feel like that's their, their life calling, they, they're going to possibly get a few no's or get you know, pushed back, but they'll, they'll keep pushing mm. through and eventually they'll complete whatever they need to do. Yes. Um, and, and then he started talking about a survey that was done by graduate students and how so he, he quoted something like 70%, but I think it's pretty much higher. Mm. Um, they, they've all got this, this idea or this mission in their mind that they're going to go out in the world and start their own Google or Facebook or their own company, their own thing. Okay, um, sure. They, they, they want to be in control of themselves. They want to be in control of their own project. Yep. Which, I mean, I completely resonate with that. Um, and I think most people around me, whether I attracted those people or I find those people more interesting, mm. um, I, I just that's the that's the world I live in. People want to live their own life rather than than being put in a box and, and told mm. you know what to work on and, and where to where to push their creative output. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that just popped up like literally in the last half an hour, and I thought, well, that, that's interesting mm-hmm. because now. The whole thing of going back to Australia was okay. I'm going back to the Australian way of life. I'm going. I've already contacted a few friends, a few ex colleagues, and you know, see where they're at and what what works going on. You know, just so I don't have to go through the whole seek process and apply with resumes and you know, it's a, it's a little bit slower. I wanted to. I'm pretty much keen to get straight back into work. Yep. Um, without thinking why, I'm thinking I need I need to get back to work so I can get some cash flow moving um, and all that. So, you know, normal, normal stuff with life. You need a little extra money, go to work. Um, but now I'm not in Australia and I'm not going to Australia until I don't know when. It's a big question mark. So I'm in Mexico and a lot of people in Mexico have trouble making money. Like it's not that easy to make money in Mexico unless you have like a higher skills or you're well connected. What do you mean it's not easy so, to make money in Mexico? What do you mean? Well, I mean, make, make, make good money. I mean, I'm not okay. going to go work for, for, for $15 an hour. $15? Maybe $23. That's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, well, that's a bad example. I mean, okay. I'm trying to think. You're what's, not going to work for Mexican minimum wage. You're not going to work for $10 a day. Yeah, 
that's not bad, $10 a day. A lot of people <laughs> work for $10 a day. It's true. Yeah, but I mean, $10, $10 a day is not going to, to satisfy my, my lifestyle, my travel requirements. Yep. You know, my, yeah. So um, I'm trying to be creative um, and think, well, now, now what do I do? And I think the fact that I'm not going to Australia and I'm mm. not going, going to, you know, put my dreams up on a hook and I'm, I'm not going to put my life on hold to go work for somebody else. Mm. Now, it's like my, my whole perspective, my whole mind has just changed, like it, literally like a switch. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking, um, turn on the entrepreneur mind. Who do I know? What have I got? What do I know? What can I do to like create some value here? Like mm. try to step away from money, but what can I do to create value for someone else? Like, like yeah. uh, you know, I've got friends in, in, uh, in the US that they own concrete painting companies and I don't know anything about that. But now I'm thinking maybe, maybe I know someone else that might need that. So who can I contact to join these dots or, um, or what, you know, what, what's, what, what's my sister doing? Maybe I can start moving things out of Mexico or, you know, I was looking at coffee for a little while. Maybe I should look at that again. Hmm. So this necessity to to survive with uh, you know with, with a, a standard of living that that I would like to uphold is uh, is coming through. So um, I'm going to. I mean, I'm not worried that I'm not going to Australia to work for you know the comfortable, secure, easy run. You know, like kind of like a, like a um, in a creative way, brain dead. You know, turn off your your ability to to manifest. And, and create something. I'm just uh-huh. going to fall back into that that track. So, um, so this this video pops up, and it's like reminding me to work out what I'm supposed to be doing, what I feel good about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so th- this is why I think you know it's kind of like a little divine intervention. Um, God just hit me on the head with a with a hammer and said, "Come on, man, you're better than this. <laughs> you're not supposed to go back to Australia." So, <laughs> even though it looks very sloppy. Even though it looks very sloppy that, you know, maybe I didn't want to go to Australia. I think if I can push through and connect two dots, that's all I need to get some kind of cash flow that's satisfactory, then I've changed my whole future. I will never look for a job ever again and I'll have enough money to look for another dot to put together and another dot. And then that, that way I would get accustomed to this way of life um, and break out of that that belief system that I need to study to get a qualification, to get a job, to go to work, to make money, you yeah. know what I mean? To program my children to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, where it gets interesting is that just in the last two days of arriving back in Mexico and, and thinking, like I got off the plane thinking I need to know what, what I'm doing. Um, as in I need to to know that I'm not getting a job and I need to – start questioning some of my own family members, what exactly do you do? Because, I mean, a lot of the majority of them work for government or police or, you know, in, in those kind of roles, those kind of comfortable social mm-hmm. security kind of positions. They're, they're useless to me. They're, they're not going to help me. Well, I need I, to find out though. who's working I mean, privately maybe, or who's working. Maybe, maybe they're all well, willing to, to go yeah, to I work mean, for I, a security company instead. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I have to look at their skills, but yeah. I mean that that that's that's gonna re- that's down the track. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at the the immediate. I need to see what uh, what are the needs for the connections of people that I have here in Mexico that are working for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that if I can give them something to satisfy their need, give them some, and, and that that's valuable to them, then naturally there'd be a, a kickback to me. So mm-hmm. I got off the plane with this mentality. And within these last two days, um, not only through, uh, through meditation have I got like a page of notes of people that I need to get in contact with and just find out where they're at, but I've had uh, literally diamonds fall out of the sky, mm-hmm. like things that, that I would say this could, never, this could never have happened if I got straight back to Mexico and was ringing up about that visa. Like, I haven't even inquired about it. I really, I don't care. I, I figure I'm back in Mexico. I'm going to be here for a few months so I can find, so I can build something. Um, so this whole mindset and all of a sudden I've got friends of Joanna and family contacting me saying, um, 
I didn't. I had, I had no idea you were doing this. And I'm talking about like um, with you know studies with Bitcoin, my knowledge in in cryptocurrencies. That um, I don't know where that where that's going, but it's pretty big and it's the future. So if I come across a cousin of Joanna's saying I have a friend that's very interested in this and he might need your help, that that to me is like in in something that my own mind manifested just in the perspective that I adopted when I got off a plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. so be sloppy with your visa. No. D- <laughs> okay. No, I, I wouldn't. That, I don't that, think that's, that's, that's the point that's of the, not, that is definitely not the point. Like if, there, if, if, if that, you know, if, if what you're throwing out there is really true, then the real moral of the story will be to, to, uh, invest in, to, uh, be more introspective and know what you really want out of life so you never book a $2,000 flight a- across the other side of the world, uh, which you're going to uh, bail on anyway. That would, be, <laughs> that would be the smart thing to do, not to get to the airport yeah. expecting to go to Australia without a visa, get declined and, and have to go to New York City or New Jersey instead. Yeah. Well, see, that, that, <laughs> yeah, I bet, but it's funny the way it's funny the way the world works like that because that's what I needed to do to be where I am, and it, it sounds really stupid, and you know, I'm I'm cool with that being, you know, saying that's a really dumb thing to do. Um, I mean, I've done worse things, so whatever. Um, okay, but I I think I still think you're taking this this long route down down a very straight road. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I, I, I agree. I mean, if, if somebody wrote this, like literally if I had a, a dream, okay, yeah. dreams are, are different because I kind of respect dreams. I mean, these are messages from the other side. But if, okay, say if you wrote me a very precise email with uh, Aaron, yeah. um, you know, I'm a, I'm a close friend of, to you. I, I, I know a lot about your life and, and what you're doing and, uh, and what you're like. So I wrote this email so that you can go through my dot points here and just, double check that your mind's right. Like, yeah. Okay. The, say, say you did this and, yeah. you know, and, and I, and you know, I, I can say you're, you're a very good friend of mine. So I respect your words. Yeah. The, the power of that wouldn't, wouldn't have been anything compared to, you know, the, the real life experience that, that I experienced. <laughs> it's like, it, it doesn't, because I wouldn't have had the mindset like that perspective change. Yeah. Um, You've got, I mean, I've got friends that I'm telling them, you know, maybe you should rethink these things. Yep. And they're like, uh, oh, yeah, cool, Aaron. Yeah. Um, I mean, not disrespectfully, like, I'll think about it. But mm-hmm. it doesn't actually, it doesn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that, uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like you're, you're not actually uh, putting, putting that much uh, weight on these things. And maybe you should be. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm speaking for myself in this, in this case, but yeah. um, through experience, I, I can say, you know, this, this happens to a lot of people. I mean, I give advice to, to family and friends all the time. Yeah. And, and they, they don't, I mean, it's not like they don't take it, but I can see that they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't weigh the same sure. as, as what it is if they, you know, it's like you should put your seatbelt on and, you know, you don't think about it until after you have the accident, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's true, but that's—I mean—that's what self-knowledge is really about. Self, self-knowledge means that you can you can actually look uh, where your present actions are going to take you if you don't change something. That's that's what self-knowledge can give to you. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> well, with with that being said, I don't think there's enough people striving daily to increase self-knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a background program. True. Um, well, I mean, the reason why I think, you know, maybe maybe I did go around in a spiral just to get to where I am, even though I could have just taken a few steps forward, um, is because the, the experience well, that I a, had... I, sorry, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't mean to diminish what you've, what you've been through because, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's good, to, it's good to have that and, you know, have that perspective and, and, and you know, be open to it and, and find out the lesson there. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> what 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 I'm saying is, if yeah. I at the airport said, "Oh well, no visa," I'm going back to, I'm going back to my house in Mexico. Mm. 
yeah. and you know, and we'll ring the we'll keep ringing the visa guys, then um, I would still be trying to get that visa sorted to go to Australia. By um, by going to New York, I was inspired. I, I met some some new people that entered my life that mm-hmm. is probably just some of the most amazing people that I've ever met in my life. I, I, I met them through friends of friends in New York. And and it's like, you know, I would never have met these people mm. ever if I didn't go there. Yeah, true. Um, and, and, and what they told me or what they presented to me or ideas that they shared with me really, yep. really changed the way I, I think. And, and it's like, these people don't know me. I only just met them. But I, mm. but I, I, I respect where they are in their head and I respect mm-hmm. the way they think. So through that experience, maybe if you want to get esoteric, maybe their aura hit my aura and that was like, you know, two super beans joining dots and, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. What and that's just, when you became Go Tanks and, and went on to fight Freezer. Yes, and we won. So I guess I guess the moral is even even if you uh, you mess up your visa and, and everything goes uh, goes terribly and you don't end up where you intended to go, you can still uh, learn some valuable life lessons and <laughs> meet some interesting people and have a good time. Yeah, and then get back on track, a better track than where you were before. Okay, I guess All you right. just can't lose your cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, if you if you had got angry about that and been like, ah, you know, what what am I going to do? Uh, maybe you wouldn't have gone to to New Jersey, and and uh, even if you did, maybe you would just be moping around the house, getting angry at things instead of going out and meeting people and and um, turning it into a valuable experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's as simple as looking for the, the best in all situations. Yep, yep. Okay, um, so that's pretty cool. So, um, I mean, I eventually will get back to Australia. I mean, I've got a ticket there that I, sh- I need to use in the next year. And, you know, I haven't seen my, my oldies in a while. Um, I know it would be, be nice to go back and see family. So, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm going back to Australia. I just, I just don't know when. Hmm. Um, but, I, I mean... Even right now, which I think I'm not looking at, I'm not looking forward to it because okay. I'm enjoying myself so much here. <laughs> and uh, and I think in, in a way, because uh, I mean, you've been here, I was like in almost a couple of years if you had, a, you know, previous trips. Yeah. And I think as soon as you do that, as soon as you spend a, a good amount of time somewhere else, you kind of, um, your mind changes. I mean, you develop yourself, you, um, you're, you, you become accustomed to a, a completely new way of living and then uh you know even if you don't even if you you think okay i'm done here i'm going back um i, I think kurt you're you're going to be hurting too <laughs> uh yeah well i don't want to go back to australia that's the, <laughs> i don't know yeah. what what yeah could, what could be there for me other than my friends and uh yeah uh and my friends and my family i don't know what what could be waiting uh, that that will be beneficial for me at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I think you need to you need to allow uh, you need to like allow that to be whatever whatever you need when you go back because I'm the same. I don't think I have anything in Australia other than friends and family that I really you know I really need or look forward to going back to. Mm. But I mean, Australia is a nice place to live. I mean, you said your friend was upset to to leave Australia. <laughs> yeah, but that was I, I didn't finish the the whole conversation. The reason she told me that story uh was because I I said I thought Mexico was really great and I really like living here and uh, <laughs> and so she told me this story about how she hates Mexico <laughs> basically. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and yeah, I I I told her look, there's some so many um, I, I guess it's kind of the same, like the, the grass is always greener or whatever because, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I like Australia but um, uh, a lot of the time I'm overly critical because I say, you know, this great nanny state and people are, people are like a little too docile, they're a little too obedient of the government, they don't necessarily question things um, and that's, 
uh, that's a problem, and that's uh, unfortunately that's what I focus on sometimes. Um, and and she has this, um, you know, the opposite perspective coming from Mexico, going to Australia, and, and seeing this, you know, beautiful, clean place where buildings are all, all new and, and uh, polished and everything, and going into hospitals yes. where where people are treated very well comparatively and com- com- compared to Mexican hospitals and, um, you know, a, a socialist healthcare system that at least, you know, provides provides medical care for people um, in emergencies uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and that's, that was her experience of it. Um, and uh, in, in, yeah, the, the things that she doesn't see about Mexico is where, you know, where people have these, these opportunities, they can just um, go out into the street and, and start selling things or, you know, start, start a, a lot of different kinds of business um, yeah. without a lot of capital, which uh, with, and without having to pay thousands of dollars in taxes up front and, and licenses and inspections and all this um, bullshit, expensive bureaucratic nonsense that you have to do in Australia. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, okay, something I think I may have mentioned this to you before about, um, you know, I kind of admire the, the change that, that you've taken on. I mean, yeah. Gone from gone from Australia to Mexico, it, it is a bit of. I mean, it's a big cultural difference. And although um, I mean, I have family that's connected to Mexico, it was still it was it was a big change for me. I mean, I, I can't say mm-hmm. that I that I just got over here and everything was was smooth because uh, because it's the same as being anywhere. It's whether you forget it or not, uh, we're all surviving. Um, mm-hmm. We you know we have to make sure that we have our that we're taking care of ourselves that we're eating well that way we've got good hygiene and and sometimes you know uh, for example just being here at, at Joanna's grandmother's house I haven't had water for the last two days and it's because they're they're repairing some highway you know down down the hill here mm-hmm. and uh, and because of me being up the hill the water pressure is not there so there's no water so mm-hmm. we had to we had to call um, a water truck to come and and fill our reservoir. With water, and of right. course, there's there's like a million people up here, no exaggeration, and everybody wants water. So we had to wait two days for the water truck. Wow! Um, and even though it's not that much money, it might have been like in US dollars, maybe forty bucks for yeah for something for like a whole a whole truck, which I, I don't know a lot of water. Um, it's like that's that's uncomfortable. So that's that's what i mean by by survival in australia you don't you don't have that level of survival and <laughs> and so you don't you, you don't question what's going on and yep. uh and that settles in and then you do become a little you know docile to such belief systems or control systems government yeah yeah so complacent everything's everything's yeah. going so great but that's yeah well that's the that's the big problem that uh, that i really foresee because uh, when people are that complacent, uh, what the hell happens if if something goes wrong? And when people aren't used to to surviving, uh, what happens if there's a currency collapse or you know um, the commodity prices drop and all of a sudden uh, Australia has a has a lower standard of living? Um, you know how how are people going to take that? Uh, especially when they've they're basically being coddled and, and spoiled their whole life, <laughs> not knowing yeah. what the what the world is really like. Yeah, well, I really enjoy the way Tyler Durden in uh, in Fight Club refers to the the populace as Hindu cows. <laughs> okay, just right, just, yeah. just cruising around, never been <laughs> never been sunnier. Yep. Um, which. Yeah, that, it, it is a problem, and I think somebody that's grew up that's grew up in Mexico and maybe did have to survive um, a little bit more than anywhere else or, or somewhere else, for example, mm. like being growing up in Australia or any first world country, mm. um, would go to Australia and see how wonderful it is not to have to to fight for clean water or not to have to um, be concerned about you know a policeman pulling me over and you know, extorting me for cash on the spot and you know not having that. Um, not, that, that's that's not one thing the that cash on you or what? 
Yeah, not, not not having the cash to. to well, now, you know, now they just they pull out a credit card reader and say, and say insert it, or they or, do, or or they, they they literally do that. Say on <laughs> Melbourne trams, they're like, oh well, you know, you could get a two hundred dollar fine in the mail, or we'll just charge you fifty dollars on the spot. Here's a, you know, answer your credit card. <laughs> well, okay, I, I was unaware of so. that. I mean, not, not being in Melbourne, I mean that's well, that's, yeah. that's kind of okay. This is weird. I look at that being that's kind of cool. But I mean, fifty bucks <laughs> is expensive for a ticket, though, isn't it? Yes. I yes, mean, for, for the luxury of it sells you know, two hundred. So. Yeah. Well, you know, you take the the good with the bad. But I mean, <laughs> I caught I caught a train from um, in New Jersey from Asbury Park to mm. to Penn Station in New York, and yep. I could have got on the train without a ticket. Right. And and there's no problem. It just means I have to pay five bucks more, you know, for the convenience of paying on the train. And I ah. think if I'm if I'm running late to the train and I can see the train come in, it's like I don't have time to go to the, you know, the little machine and put the numbers in and put my card in. I'll put cash in and buy the the ticket. So mm-hmm. you know, I'll pay I pay five dollars from the guy that's on the train, but fifty mm-hmm. bucks just to buy it on the the tram was it? That's too, <laughs> yes. that's not that's not worth it. Yes, it's <laughs> uh, well, it's it's you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I could complain about that that whole day but um you know they used to have um well yeah they they used to have on the trams they used to have uh ticket machines and you just get get on and buy one but then they removed them because they put in the new system um and even if you you top up your your little uh tram card uh a day before or like less than less than 24 hours before and it just won't work and then they'll find you Two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, like this. I don't know. This uh, yeah. the whole thing. They said they just set it up so poorly. It's like they just set it up to exploit people. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not cool. Um, <laughs> but just just hitting the the corruption button again. Um, I mean, we all we all know that Latin American countries are known for a higher level of corruption than than first world, yeah. um, and. It, it, it's something that you know. I think most travelers, uh, you know, they've got it in the back of their mind, but without growing up with it, you don't you don't really understand how deeply ingrained that becomes, or that, that is in the in the culture. Because, yeah. I mean, here in here in Mexico, which which is uncomfortable in in a way, because most most people are are nice when you meet them individually, nice, you know, good people, hmm. um, which don't want to exploit the, the public or, I mean, even most mm. policemen, of course they take, uh, what, tips or uh, bribes mm. or, uh, yeah. or whatever, you yeah. want, whatever you want to call it. But that, that's, that's the way that the business is taken care of here. And, and then, then you think, well, you know, if everyone does it, why shouldn't I as well? But that's not even the point. Yeah, and people will even look, look at you as stupid if you don't do it. Yeah, if you don't do it, you're like, look at this guy. He's he's not only not smart, but he's showing everyone that he's not smart, and that's dangerous for me <laughs> because he he might dob me in. So let's knock him off before that happens. Mm. It's either it's like you know you're in or you're out, and mm. and that's that's the way the culture is. And until you live here for a good while, you don't realize that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so now that I'm feeling very Mexican again. And uh, and I'm thinking I need to go back to Australia. It's like um, you know, part of me is laughing at myself a little bit because I think now I'm going back to Australia with a Mexican mentality. It's like you know I, I need to make the most of all opportunity. Except I know in the the collective Australian mind, maybe that opportunity is uh, you know morally wrong. Morally wrong, like what? Yeah. Well, like, okay, let's say I'm a policeman um, in Australia and all of a sudden someone's like, you know, oh, they got busted for speeding, I pulled them over. Uh, wouldn't it be easy just to give them 50 bucks? I mean, that's, a, that's an extreme example. But I'm thinking like, uh, well, I mean, we all, we all pinch a little office stationery, right? But how far do you want to go with that? <laughs> what, you're going to like start uh, stealing office stationery and selling it on the corner? Oh, selling at the you front door. Staplers. <laughs> um, well, that that's not me. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that. But I can understand how someone that grew up in Mexico would go to Australia thinking, if I if I, I'm the purchasing officer now, 
if I don't order a thousand staplers and give the guy a wink and say, deliver me 500, then I'm an idiot in keeping the change. It's like, uh-huh. I, I cannot, it's a, I don't know, it's a cultural thing. I mean, it's, it's changes. And I know I can see Europe's having trouble with that now. Uh, I saw a post on what, Facebook. Like in Greece? Um, no, I, I was, I was going to go with the example that I saw on Facebook that there is um, public announcements on, on how to, on how women um, should be treated by men and how men are supposed to treat women up in, mm. and they, they go into even how, how they should uh, sexually interact, you know, what's acceptable publicly and what isn't because you have, okay. you have men from other cultures turning up and all of a sudden it's like, well, this is cool back home. Uh. I mean, that, that's another extreme example, but, you know, these are like cultural differences. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone's heard some of these stories. I remember there was one particularly bizarre one where a, a guy um, uh, from some 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 other country came to Australia, and uh, he he met this girl. I don't know somewhere, maybe in a nightclub, uh, and took her into a park and raped her. And afterwards, he was like, "Oh, so do you need a lift somewhere? I'll I'll give you a lift." Uh, Back to back to your place if that's if that's what you need. And I'll see like, you tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he just uh, just had had no awareness of what he'd done, or uh, I don't even know what, what the hell could happen in that situation. But uh, very strange. Yeah, I don't I don't have any platform where I can understand how that interaction could have even have taken place, um, yeah. or, or how he could have an understanding and that was in any way okay at any point of that interaction. It just seems so outside reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. But, but it's happening because, you know, this, I mean, what, what do you want to call it? Um, globalization? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 Integration or something. I didn't yeah, it's like, like teething issues <laughs> for, for a, a one world. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a whole, it's a, that's a very deep subject because I, because you start with things like this, um, you know, the foreign policy of certain countries, they go into these countries and they bomb them and, and, and make matters worse. Uh, even if they were bad to begin with this place, these people, uh, these people who didn't particularly want to move now have to. Uh, and and now they of course they have problems assimilating into another culture because they don't know anything about that culture. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, well, I, I, I think I they. Yeah. No, it's just something that I, I just came to mind um, during my time when I was studying in Norway. Yeah. Um, they they had a really interesting program, um, you know, funded or organized by the government. It was mm. it was like having I, I can't remember what they called it, but it sounded it was a funny name. And essentially, uh, a Norwegian family would organize once a month or at a routine basis to have tea with a, like a family that recently immigrated okay. so, that they, so they could work out the culture and have a, a, a tea and a joke about the differences and get to know. Um, yep. I, I think you know, it's, it's kind of a bit much when you need government to do that, but it's, it's necessary, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, well, I don't. I don't know if it's it's necessary, but it certainly sounds like it it could help. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many there's there's so many different different angles about this uh, uh, because people will take it in in some ways and say, you know, these uh, these Muslims are coming to our country and they're destroying our culture. Some people even say it's a kind of conspiracy uh, that the that the governments are deliberately trying to destroy. Uh, the culture of Western Europeans, or something like that, um, yeah. and, and you have these these other people who who are like, no, you know, it's just a different culture. Um, they, they, you know, they have as much right to be here as anybody else, which I, I tend to agree with. But then it's the um, there's these certain people where there where there is this problem, um, if they're violent or so, or something, um, then. Uh, the, you know those people have to be dealt with, which which sometimes it seems like they're not. Like the authorities will just turn a blind eye to these certain cases, 
Um, there's a famous case in, uh, I think it was somewhere near Newcastle upon Tyne in no- northern England. Um, mm-hmm. the, a bunch of Pakistanis were running this kind of pedophile cult and the police had taken this cultural sensitivity training. Nobody wanted to uh, investigate the Pakistanis of fear of being oh, labeled man. racist. That's yeah. that's what they say. But on the, on the other hand, I also wonder, um, you know, if it if it bleeds, it leads. So I have to wonder if we if we have this impression, this this exaggerated impression of how often uh, immigrants are actually committing crimes. Um, maybe it's just like. For example, with Tesla, Tesla, uh, you know, Tesla Motors is a new com- new company. Um, they have this new product, this this electric car, and so of course, if the electric car crashes, you better believe that the that the journalists are going to be all over it, like flies on a turd, saying, you know, this uh, Tesla is dangerous. Uh, so sort of dangerous, yeah. Yep. Even though they have, if you look at the statistics, Teslas tend to crash much less than other cars, but because it's because it's new, because it's different, you can make it. You can make it bleed, and so put it on the headlines. And so well, we I think that. the same thing happened yeah. with uh, yeah. with the Concorde. It mm. was I mean, because I mean I've been researching this online, and nobody seems to know exactly why that plane was pulled. I mean, there's, there's many different reasons, and you know, I've come up with a few of my own. But there's but from one accident. Oh, maybe it's a little fuel hungry. You know, maybe it's uh, disrupting the, the ozone. But it's yeah. like it's like a, it's a standalone technology, and right. it's it's easy to pick on. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I have to wonder what happened in that case. Did I mean? Did you come up come to any conclusions through your um, research? Well, uh, n- none that I think were really solid. Mm-hmm. But I I think, or personally, I think, and, and maybe people listening in might, might enjoy this. I think it's got more to do with the, the change in the, the solar activity and the fact that th- this jet actually flies in the, the outer levels of the atmosphere at, yeah. at Mach 2, which, um, you know, if we go, if we touch on the fact that we think, no, I shouldn't call it a fact, that space technology of the 50s was inadequate to get to the moon, so you're like, mm. uh, you know, with... Uh, well, what do they have? Like, these lead suits to protect them from uh, micro, uh, electrons flying through space or space from, energy. From the Van Allen belt, I think you're talking yes, about. Yes, that's yeah. that's the one. I, I think uh, that there's a similar effect with with planes flying in that altitude, and they didn't want to they didn't want to get busted for um, people uh, exposed to that re- that level of radiation, so they stopped flying. That that's mm, that's my okay. conclusion, but there's there's um there's not really much backing that up. That's just me drawing the straws. I, I think it was actually because uh, the conspiracy is that the sun is actually a lot lower than we think it is. So with these high-flying aircraft, nice. uh, the, the, there was a risk that the Concorde would actually fly into the sun. Hey, uh, got to, those pilots, I mean, they drink a lot of those bars, I think, and people <laughs> do run off the road due to drink driving. So at speed, kills, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially directly into the sun. Yeah, back else that could hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, it might have a few bruises from that one. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even know what the sun is. Does anybody? <laughs> uh, well, some people have have some hypotheses. Yeah. <laughs> well, jump getting back to culture because I mean that's that's kind of what we where we ended up. Um, yeah. I think it's it's kind of a joke these these checkpoints we have to go through at, at airports to move from one country to another. Yeah. Um, and and I I mean traveling traveling like like anyone that travels, um, they they know that occasionally you know a bottle a, a toothpaste might get through that um, that's bigger than than um, than what than what it should be. That. Mils. Yeah, yeah, that that hundred mil limit, and or you know why can't I have two toothpastes that are sixty five? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now I'm over the hundred limit. It could be the exact same product, but they're separate packages. Like what's <laughs> what's going on here? Like it's just a, it's a a silly situation just to hold people up and get their shoes off. Yeah, and, yeah, and take, yeah. And well, take a photo of their nads. This security theater. Yeah, I remember I was. I think I was flying out of Sydney, and I was like tired and and irritable. And and she's like, "Well, we're gonna have to take a shampoo." And I'm like, "Why? Why? Why?" I was getting. 
rather agitated and I'm like, um, so you're going to steal my stuff and you can't even tell me why. And she's like, well, we could tell you why, but it, I mean, it's, it would take 15 minutes to explain. And yeah, I'm I like, have to kill you. Uh, <laughs> probably. Um, but, you yeah. know, I think the, the rule of thumb about if, if you can't explain something to a five-year-old, then you really don't understand it. Uh, I think that rule applied there. She really didn't know why she had to take my shampoo, but she was very determined that she did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of the kind of nonsense that goes on. Um, yeah. Well, you're not supposed to. Yeah. You're not supposed to carry like toe clippers either. Like you know, like fingernail clippers. <laughs> um, is, is, is that what they're called? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, toe um, nail anyway. clippers. Nail clippers. Sure. Yeah. Cool. It's like, and that has a little knife that you can slide out of the middle in some of them. A, uh, you know, a little pointy object. Right. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not really a <laughs> I knife, don't think is you it? It's like, it's no, a little. It's a, you use it to, like, push your cuticles back. What it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's not it's a not dangerous a, object. <laughs> I think if you were to take it to a blacksmith and have it hardened and sharpened, um, with and then have a, a separate item as a handle that could fit on top of the, the main structure of that item that holds yeah. a blade, I think that could be very dangerous on a plane. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. My point is I got one of the big ones and I took it straight through. They didn't even ask me about it. Right. It's like so, so it makes it a bit pointless, the security. And I mean, and pointless. I know that I <laughs> – I, I know that I shouldn't have taken that through because it's just it just sometimes can cause trouble. But I mean, you know, I took an early flight. I was at the airport at like five a.m. I'm not yeah. I'm not good in the mornings. So and I, I'm packing, and it's like just throw it all in the bags, and you and you move. And then all of a sudden, here I am at the airport. I mean, this didn't happen, but you know, you can get here. I'm I'm getting I'm getting held up. I'm in a little room because I I was trying to carry a knife on the plane. Like mm. that could happen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, if you really wanted to hijack a plane, you'd just become staff in an airport, become a stewardess or steward or, um, or become a cleaner. Yeah, a cleaner would be, would be a good cover because they're always carrying buckets with um, – okay. Okay. Yeah, I was saying a cleaner would be ideal because they're always carrying buckets and, and bottles of liquid in very baggy clothes. Yeah, so the thing is, they, you know, they, they try so hard to, to make it look like they're doing something, but um, it's just a bunch of nonsense. And, uh, yeah, I don't think such a thing as a passport should exist. And, uh, you know, you can... You, it's, it seems really weird because you can say this to people and they, and they can freak out and, and stuff and then you're like, well, hang on, well, why do we actually need a passport? And they, you know, the arguments tend to fall apart in about five seconds. Um, well, everyone that I know that has a passport, all they do is collect stamps. <laughs> right, yeah, so I was, it's just a I was fun collecting- thing to have. Yeah, I was collecting stamps in primary school. It's like a just a little <laughs> some to entertain us, I think. <laughs> right, right. Because uh, yeah, I mean, introduced in the Second World War, I think, to to stop to prevent spies. But everybody knows from watching uh, the Bourne Identity that the spies can get all the passports they want. Well, you can go on the the dark net and buy a Netherlands one from for five thousand euros or whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's the you know it's the spies who have who don't have a problem getting his passport. Everybody else um, does. So well, what yeah, we, is we don't even we don't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. I should have just bought an Australian passport for Joanna, and that would have been it. <laughs> <laughs> what of uh, a black market? One. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say that on international programming <laughs> on our on our broadcast but but hey what are they going to do hold me up at the airport again <laughs> well i don't know they'd probably arrest you and deport you that's probably what would happen well that would make a good episode and i'd be like well i don't want to be here anyway <laughs> fuck you back, guys going back to mexico <laughs> all right cool um 
Yeah. So, what's the moral of the story, Aaron? Okay. Um, I, well, I'm still thinking the the moral of this story. I mean, if we don't um, dwell on the fact that you know we can't travel easily and we're mm. all kind of in our pens, yeah. That um, that we should all question the way we conduct ourselves in society and make sure that that is exactly in line with uh, with our own personal moral compass and. Mm. And I don't mean just my own actions. I mean the fact that I'm in a society. I need to question the society as a whole, its actions, and whether I want to. I want to play part of that to give it more strength than it needs. Hmm. Okay, sounds sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you got anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. Don't be a douche. That's that's my rule. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a great summary. <laughs> 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 and important because, you know, we still meet these guys occasionally. Thanks for hanging around for another great episode of the Paradise Paradox. If you're interested in getting the show notes, um, www.theparadiseparadox.com forward slash one that's one zero six episode 106 um if you uh if you're enjoying our themes we have many other episodes so um check out the links uh in the show notes uh there's also a few other episodes we'll throw around there so if you want to keep on the same theme thanks for those that are donating um that's very cool if you aren't and would like to same website www.theparadiseparadox.com forward slash donate to the paradise paradox there is a uh, there's a, a tab up the top of the page a tip tab where you can leave your uh, your tips and uh, thank you I'll see you in the next episode peace thank you Keep shifting.